Well, hey there, friends, and welcome back to the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I have a special guest for you today. So without further ado, I cannot wait for you to meet Deanne Fitzpatrick from Deanne Fitzpatrick Studio. She's an artist, an author, a podcaster. She's a shop owner for three decades and one of the loveliest people that I've had the pleasure to connect with and meet recently. She is a celebrated rug hooker and says it that has changed her life. She shares so much powerful wisdom with us in the interview today. I'm just blown away and I'm so happy that she agreed to join us. She is a beautiful and welcoming retail studio in Amherst, Nova Scotia, where she works with an amazing group of talented people. She creates classes, kits, patterns. She has supplies available online. So she's an e-commerce version. Uh, She's an e-commerce and an in-store business. She has several different subscription models, which I know interest some of you. She teaches virtually and and in person, and she has built a thriving online subscription community as well, which is just a beautiful thing. She has written, get this my friends, eight books about creativity and rug hooking. She has exhibited widely in public and private galleries and she produces the podcast. It's amazing. She does all of this and she still maintains so much time to enjoy her art every day. She sits down and creates every day in her studio. She loves going to the studio. She loves her people. She loves and she's walking the talk about creating beauty every day. She has a thriving business and truly enjoying all the beauty around her. She's really inspiring and our conversation, I think you're gonna find amazing. Deanne says it's not about being perfect, it's about creating beauty every day. Deanne creates beauty every day in the work that she does, for sure, the art that she does, but also with her customers, with her team, and how she's showing up in the world. She's super inspiring to me, and I think she will be to you as well. You're going to love our conversation. Let's get to it. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life. Welcome, Dan. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us on the Creative Shop Talk podcast today. Thank you, Wendy, for inviting me. I'm happy to be. I listen to your podcast and I've listened to it for, you know, before we ever talked or met, I listened to your podcast. So it's nice to be there. I didn't realize I thought it was only after we met, but thank you. I, and I listened to yours and we'll talk about yours. And I've had so many pleasant surprises listening to yours and um, have become an addict of yours. And I say that in the best of ways. (laughs) I, you know, I've been looking for a creative outlet. I've always had creative outlet. And I've actually bought something for you. I don't know if you know this. I bought something from you years ago. I want to say 20 years ago. I had really, yeah, like I know. And it, and it moved two houses with me because it stayed unfinished and it moved and well, then it, and then it went away. I don't know where it went. 
And then I sort of set that down and um, was into, you know, my painting and all the furniture painting, the DIY I've been into. And recently I've been trying to find moments of create, like moments of put a pin in it and just have like some creative outlet time. And, yeah. and you know, we can talk about that. And I picked up rug hooking again. So I'm glad. And I've become that member that you want, that community member buying all the things. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I want. I want people, I, I want people to get connected to it. It, it, that exa- exactly what happened to me. I wanted to be able to pick up something and do it, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day or for an hour. And I get lost every time. So we'll maybe talk about that in a little bit. But tell us about your shop. Tell us, uh, you know, who are you? Who do you serve? Where Where's your shop located for those who may not know you or your beautiful shop? So I have an online business that's hookingrugs.com. And I have a, a retail shop and I have a like a brick and mortar shop and it's in downtown Amherst, Nova Scotia. But the first 15 years of that business, I had it in the back end of my house. I live in a, I have actually boards very similar to yours on, on your cottage. Like I have a, I have, I had a studio that was like a back summer kitchen and the downstairs was the gallery and the top was the top two rooms were um, a small supply shop. And what I do is I sell, I make one of a kind hooked rugs. I'm an artist, but I also make kits and supplies and patterns. And I have a a team that helps me do that now, a group of women and men that I work with. And my store, when my son was about 14, it became really quite impossible to sort of run the business from my home. Just I'd come in and there were, you know, six boys shoes at the back porch where where my studio uh, was because all the guys would be over. And I thought this isn't really working anymore. So I moved downtown to this space that I'm in now. And it was a narrow, just a narrow little space. And I rented it for, you know, I think it was $200 a month. It was full of indoor, outdoor carpet, and it was just a mess. And the landlord said, um, you know, just do what you want with it. If you give me $200 a month, I don't care. I'll just be glad to have somebody in there. So eventually we moved around to the front end of the, uh, the front end of the building and this space became leased out. And then about, I don't know, about two years after that, we, uh, beat down two brick walls. And so we have a huge L-shaped studio that's divided by a a dye kitchen. It's very large. So, and then we have a production studio in our basement now. And I just made that really in December. So, so it's a very big studio now, but it's been a really slow progression of growth. 30 years, right? 30 years. That's a crazy. Did you always picture it being a retail business or are you an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I did picture it being a retail, yeah, home-based retail business. Yeah, that's what I pictured. And I pictured myself selling my own hooked rugs and a few supplies. And I still have the cupboard downstairs in in our production studio. I have a cupboard that um, I uh, have, sorry, someone's at the door. I just got to let it go. Um, I I have a cupboard that I started that business in. And, you know, it was in my living room and I opened the two doors and, and I still have it. And it's a great reminder of where you were and where you came from. You know, I think it's, I think, I don't know, but I think I'm probably a lot of us who run businesses are probably like that. You know, we, we don't think about the success that we have. We think about what's next Mm -hmm. and I'm guilty of that. And I'm, I'm trying to be less guilty of that. I'm trying to savor. I'm trying to appreciate 
And like my friend who has a business upstairs here, she said, I just want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. But, and, and when I look at that cupboard, it just gives me a moment's repose to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Yeah. We have a tendency to all think of what's, what's next and what else can we do and what should we be doing to get to that next thing. But we forget sometimes that we once dreamed of being where we are right now. Yeah, exactly. I didn't imagine, actually. Excuse me. I'm just going to put this away so you don't hear it. Sorry about that, Wendy. That's, we're all casual here. <laughs> so okay, that's how we, that's how right. we roll I, here. I still want to do Yeah, I love, uh, okay. I love organic conversation. So do you, so I know, I know that some of the things that you do, do you, can you share some of the things I know you have your, your e-commerce site mm-hmm. and so revenue stream wise, I, I, I'm in awe of some of the things that you are doing yeah. uh, for in your business. And so two parts of this question, one, what, what are the different types of revenue streams? I think people will find it really interesting Okay. Because we get stuck sometimes in thinking this is like, I can just, you know, I sell my art and I sell kits or, you know, what, yeah. whatever. And I know that you yeah. do multiple things. And the second part to that question, I know, and I've heard you say before that, you know, you still have a quality of life. Uh, so how do you manage all of those pieces? Hmm. So first of all, my business has always been about my, about my life. I'm an artist primarily. And I just feel like that's the backbone of this business. So when I create rugs like the one behind me, that may never be a kit. It may never be a pattern. It may be, it may not be. But when I'm creating, I'm creating uh, from like, uh, you know, not every rug, but I, I, my intention is to create from a point of soulfulness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. And that is the backbone. And so I always have made time to hook rugs that, that is the, so my craft. And I, I see a lot of people who end up in businesses and are not able to do their craft. And I think that the spirit of your business is based on you being able, or for me anyway, I shouldn't speak for others, but it's for me to be able to sustain myself as an artist. So that's one thing. So I still hook rugs and I still sell those hooked rugs. And there are a lot of different revenue streams that come from that, but they all stem from the fact that I make art. And so one of them would be selling the hooked rugs. Another would be making patterns, kits, or supplies. Another would be subscriptions. So we have several different subscriptions. Like we have a wool box subscription and we have a kit of the month subscription. We have another subscription called the mystery art program. That is that you get a mystery project once a month to create a, I'm well known for these tiny landscapes that I make. And even in my own home, that's what I live with. I have 36 small rugs all framed and they're really beautiful. So I have, you know, several different subscriptions. And then I teach, I teach, I, for years I taught in studio and, um, I, I would have a workshop like four times a year. And then we'd have a one big retreat once a year with about 40 people. And we do that in a church hall. I haven't done that since COVID, except for I did one workshop actually about two weeks ago, I had people back in the studio and that was the first one. And I will do some of that again. But since I think around, I'm not sure of the dates, but I'm thinking around 2010, 2012, I started teaching online. So my first course was called Wild with Wool, and it was encouraging people to be creative in their rug hooking. And we have a really strong uh, set of courses that we teach online. Some are like released once a year, 
and some are released once um uh some some are just up and they're always available so we have a variety of things things one of the things that i have that i really love and nurture and that also nurtures me as an artist is i have the inspiration sessions mm-hmm. and that's a closed membership right now so that we open it like we were only opening it once a year but i mean that's just not realistic or fair for people to be able to get in, you know, right. if someone that. has to wait nine months to get in. So we're going to look at how we do that. And we have a lot of members who, and what I do for that is I provide about two or three videos a month and we have a Facebook community and we have a zoom once a month, but in those videos, you have a private video, a private video, a private visit really with me in the studio. So those are my main revenue streams. And when I think about it, there are other ways that I could, uh, there are other streams that I could have, like I could be a speaker or I could be a business coach or, you know, but those don't fit with my passions and my, and my loves. Like I am a serious homebody, right? I am really, you know, it's great when you're a rug hooker and a homebody, they go together really well. So the idea of going out to speak at events, just traveling I only travel when I want to. I like to get up in the morning and decide I'm going. I don't, I like a blank calendar so I can hook. So I think that's one of the things that I've really done is looked at what, what will make me, if this is going to be a revenue stream, how does that um, contribute to my life? And, you know, and how am I contributing with that to my community, really? We did some live Zooms too, like live classes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really enjoy those in the same way. Like I enjoyed them when I was doing them, but I really like, I like a lot of freedom in, uh, in deciding. I think if you're primarily an artist, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you know, you want to make, and then you need to make, right? Yeah. I love that. And you, So, so that, and I think it's a, I think the takeaway or everybody needs to pay attention if they've wandered off (laughs) is that we need just because we can doesn't mean we should yeah and I think as a entrepreneur minded person or self-employed person we always look at we could do this we could do that we could do this we could do that you know all the things which I know but we have to come back to what's important and I've really been seeing that a lot and more so with my retailers that I work with maybe since COVID, because there was, you know, a lot of people that maybe realized they were homebodies and hadn't, but also, uh, you know, what lights you up? And this is what I always tell people when we're, when we're deep diving into what they could do, you know, to, 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 to enhance their revenue and to make their business more sustainable and more enjoyable. We have to have profits. You know, we all, we have to have profits. There has to be a sustainable retail business running. There has to be right. things that make, yeah. yeah. but, you know, so I always say profits. We also have to have paychecks that support our lifestyle, whatever that looks like for for whoever. I mean, (laughs) you and I've talked about, we both love, you know, I live in a small cottage and I love it. You know, like it's what, what's important to you, but also the joy part, the joy part has, what, what is it that gives you joy and not being able to do your craft, if that's the case, or not Mm -hmm. being able to hang out with your family or go to Christmas concerts with your kids, which ended up being my problem mm-hmm. at one point in time with my you know you're absolutely right we could do all these things but it's a good yeah. reminder to 
Um, you also write. Let's let's get back. Like, oh, let's, I forgot like, about that. Right. Well, you stream. asked about revenue. You asked about revenue stream. Well, that is a revenue stream. You write. Books. <laughs> no, I never think of writing. Writing is not a revenue stream. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, you have several books out, so I guess yeah. they. I guess they're probably more of a marketing. But you know, you sell your yeah. books and your classes, and I, you know, I as somebody who's been addicted to your work lately and really following along, um, you know, see see how well you serve people. I try. I really do try. Yeah. You're serving. And I, I can, sometimes I want to cry when I talk about this, but like I see so many people just selling things or even selling just, you know, mm -hmm. selling your stuff. Right. You know, and you have a way of as a beginner and I didn't know what I was doing. I had bought a kit like yeah. 20 years ago, I guess but that was it. I, so I was, you know, starting over, had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, there's, videos and there's help and there's, you know, and you're just doing so many things right, you know? Um, you. And and I also want to point out what, like, just from my over here, looking at you, watching what you're doing and being in this retail world, what I love seeing, and I guess, you know, if I were to make notes, it would be like, what's she doing right? You know, what is she doing yeah. right? And I think it is that you're doing something you love and you're sharing that with so many people. So you're building community of people that are awesome. <laughs> you know, you're just, I see you talk to your people, your, you know, even the videos and also you're making a living. This is supporting mm -hmm. the lifestyle, yeah. whatever, whatever that lifestyle always looks like for us. Um, and I, I love that. I think those three things are amazing to be able to do that. So bravo to you. I think that's. So the other revenue stream that I didn't mention is our wholesale. We wholesale our rug hooking kits, just yeah. our just our beginner kits. We're not able to wholesale everything, but that is important to me. And when we wholesale, uh, we make a little, but I, I'm not sure that it really does a lot more than provide a job for somebody here at the studio. But what it does is it brings us people like, say, for example, if you drive through Nova Scotia and you stop at the Mastown Market or if you're I in Halifax. I was just there and I just saw your kids there. <laughs> yeah. Or Jennifer's of Nova Scotia or the Art yeah. Gallery Gift Shop or Mimi's, you know, we uh, at, at the Loop on Barrington. We wholesale our beginner kits. And what that does is it introduces people to rug hooking. And a long time ago, I decided that, you know, Rug hooking not only brings me joy, it soothes me and it's a meditative craft and it, it has taking time to spend with myself has deepened me, you know, you know, not that I'm particularly deep, but it, it, it has deepened me and made me kinder. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I've used it through grief, through struggles, through happiness, through to, as a place to go, really. Um, and I always, I always think of, I think of, uh, rug hooking as a place to go. And, you know, I think of prayer as a place to go, like these, these things that we walking is a place to go. These things that we do for ourselves are a place to go. They are like, you know, uh, they are, a, a, a like a second home. Right. So I think, uh, what I, why I wholesale those kids is, it introduces so many people to rug hooking and of course eventually brings us brings them to us i mean i am i do think about the marketing aspect of it mm -hmm. but selling can't be your main reason for being in business if right. you're selling is your main reason for being in business then um you know you might as well just sell anything right yeah you know you can sell anything yeah. 
Right. I, no, I agree. I quite regularly people joke or yeah. uh, my my members in my community laugh because I sell a lot of pens because I always say we're not just selling widgets or pens, but I used yep. to widget once and somebody didn't know what I meant. So because I'm old, right? So, yeah, uh, you know, so I actually, you know, and it, you're right. If we're just selling things. And I think uh, the majority of my listeners, people listening are selling. They, they've gotten into business because they want to share some type of passion, be it books or candy or record stores or antiques or vintage or crafts or creatives, whatever. And I think, I think sharing with the world what you're doing and in that, and I love the way you, you know, you, you feel about your rug hooking. And I will say that it's partly listening to you and partly trying the craft again and getting back into it. You are you're so right, right? It's the same as journaling or whatever. It's yeah. just me. It's it's a place to go. I never, yeah. I actually haven't heard you say it that way. And it is a place to go. So you're right. And, and the wholesale, and, and funny enough, I did notice this weekend. Um, so Deanne's not that far for those of you who aren't, you're two and a half, three hours away from me who aren't aware. Yeah, I live, I'm very close. I live in Northern Nova Scotia. Yeah. But, and, 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 I actually, jokingly enough, I was just telling Dan before we got started, I was trying to make my husband um, delay a day of a travel trip so that I could go to the studio. <laughs> That's, you know, but your audience is worldwide. So let's like, I mean, yeah. you're globally, you're a destination. Amherst is not a highlight tour of most people's North American trip, I would say. Amherst is a very small little town. Um, but I, you know, I know and I see and I've, you know, done my research and I've looked and and just no, I just see what's happening in your world, and you have global audience. Mm-hmm. People come from all over the world to Amherst. Yeah, we do. I would say it's primarily North America, really. Um, we would have a global audience. Uh, we have a global audience for like our videos and things like mm-hmm. that. Right. Shipping is a is a huge imperative. Like our beginner kits are forty nine ninety five, and shipping is sixty nine ninety five to Europe. Right. So yeah. it does it does affect that, and I I always tease our the person who does our shipping like if you could just find us a bulk rate to France you know it would be amazing right, but uh, uh, we don't we don't have that so it, it is uh, but like for our inspiration sessions when we have our Zoom we had we have uh, someone from England someone from Scotland someone from New Zealand and you know it's it it is there is a global audience but it is primarily a north american audience because it is primarily a craft that we know about here right that's you know it it, it is primarily but it is growing and um so i I do love it. Like we, every day somebody comes from somewhere and they've made a visit and I, I like to be here. Like a lot of people say to me, are you retiring? Or I can't believe you're in that studio all the time or whatever. And I'm like, what, what can you believe? Like, this is a joy and a pleasure to be here and to work. Right. Because it's, you know, I mean, not very many people go to work and someone comes in and, and, I mean, I think a lot of us who are probably listening to this podcast go to work and someone comes in and tells them, I love this place. This is beautiful. Right. But not everybody gets that. That is really, if you've got that, you've got something, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, and so the same used to happen in my studio and something that used to happen. And I hear my retailers talk a lot about this, you know, we're building, people are coming in and they're, you know, they're like, I've been following for a long time or, you know, or they're just like, I'm new at it and I'm nervous, but I trust that you're going to help me or, 
or I've been doing this for years, whatever the thing might be, or I've been, like I said, books or candy or whatever, but they kind of build that relationship with you. And that is through marketing and videos and all of the things Mm -hmm. that you do. But when they bring you things, I mean, I laugh because people used to bring me cookies sometimes, you know, and it's just like, those are like, those are special, like those are community building moments, or they just know that you're going to be able to give them help and support and serve them the way the forward facing in the store, the store is going to feel the way that they see you online and all of those things. And I, and I, I think there's great trust in that. And I think there's a great, I don't know how you bottle that up. And I think that's where different, well, I not, I don't think, I do know that that's what differentiates us from the widget sellers and the big boxes. Yeah. Because we actually love being, and your studio, I mean, just, you know, I haven't been in, but your studio, I mean, it looks like home like it looks so cozy and like a beautiful studio and you know and I it's so funny enough your packaging I shared it with my members actually I was I did an unboxing of yours I was like look how cool this is you know you're it's just welcoming and you know if you have any help here's our phone number and oh by the way here's great recipe for the cookies that we you know the oat cakes that we sell and you know that we're so famous for and come in for a tea and you know so you don't we don't get that in a lot of places. So no wonder you enjoy being in your studio. No yeah, it's being there. that's one of the things we do. Actually, we give away those oatcakes. We don't sell them. Sometimes people ask how much they are and we say, well, they're free. You know, we have a local woman who makes them. So provides her with a, a small income. Yeah. And we, I think before the pandemic, we were making over 2000 a year. I don't know how many we're making now, yeah. but uh, I haven't asked, but it is uh, it is something that we do. And when I had the studio in the house, like if I had a pan of date squares made, mm-hmm. I would yep. bring them out and say, would you like one? You know, that is something that we do. And we make sure there's comfortable chairs around that people can have a sit. We offer people a cup of tea. We don't always, like one day a man came in and said, where's the tea and oat cakes? And I said, thank you for, you know, because sometimes we're busy or sometimes I'm on the way out the door or whatever. But I do... I did want to carry that home-based business into the studio, and I wanted it to be a working studio more than a a retail shop. That's kind of what the experience I wanted to have people. And I just want to go back to one thing you said, is how do you carry that feeling that people get online into into the studio? And what I try to do, I thought about it a lot this year, like if I'm not here, I still want them to have an amazing experience. So one of the things I did was I've written I've written eight books. And what I did was I took quotes from, from the last book called The Sunday Letters. And I had them beautifully mounted. And I put them all around the studio. And then, you know, the bunting. One of the one of our former employees made me bunting because when people get here, <laughs> yeah, you have bunting right there. Yeah. So uh, I forget who I'm talking to. Everybody, all of your people know bunting. <laughs> so I put the I put bunting on the ceiling because I thought when people come, they're festive and they're excited, and I want them to feel the party of the place. So and bunting implies that for me. And the other thing was, as I bought beautiful handmade carpets for our runners. You know what I mean? So when they walked in, instead of having industrial runners, I bought beautiful handmade carpet carpets from an independent shop that imported these beautiful rugs and had them so that there was a welcome, like this festive, colorful welcome. I have I have put hooked rugs down too, but it's it's so hard that, you know, I needed something that was really strong. Yeah. 
We have uh, some the images of your shop, and and that is actually what I've noticed. I'm an observer of things, and I saw that there was, you know, the rugs and the warmth. It just feels warm. It actually feels like a home studio. Exactly what you were trying to create yeah. from the home. Yeah, good. I'm glad that it does. That, that's what comes across to me every time I've ever seen anything of your videos. Let's let's talk about. Being a creative and running a business is not always easy. Has the journey been, has there ever been a I'm done or has it always been pretty easy for you? Yeah, it's never been an I'm done because I've always had that desire to express myself. And I think that is that that the business, I sort of think of the business as an art project as well, right? Love you know, yeah. I think of, I think of my home as an art project. I think of, well, you know, other, other things that I embrace in life. I think of them as, as, you know, art is not just the actual making of the thing, the hooking of the rug or the painting. Art is a metaphor for life and it comes up again and again and again. And if we treat everything, so I've never felt done. I don't know that I'll ever feel done. I'm in a different, uh, you know, I, I could, I could, I do feel like just this morning I had a meeting with a couple of women that I work with and I said, we just need to write things down so that you don't have to ask. Do you know what I mean? I like to be free from small yeah. questions and there, and you need authority to, you know, make these decisions yes. without me. And uh, they're happy with that. And cause they're bright and capable, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like, I make sure that I make sure that my jobs are clear and my jobs are writing and hooking rugs and supporting the studio staff and development. Like, you know, creative and business development. So those are my jobs and I'm clear on that. How, really. how big is your staff? Uh, we are 14 right now, but many, many of them are part-time. Yeah. Interesting. So yes. have you found it, have you found it hard to be, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, putting your CEO hat on and working into, yeah. the, into the business development, a lot of small independence, especially creative ones don't have that aware. I know you've been in this a long time, so don't have the, um, um, I, I don't, the wherewithal, or I don't know. I, sometimes I, I use the word ego. Sometimes I don't mean it that way. Cause I was guilty of it too, but it's like not wanting to let go of all the pieces. And I think that comes with, we just can't, we can't continue to DIY our business. We can't do it all. Hmm. So how did you find it hard to be the boss, be a leader? Um, and a creative and to keep your creative soul at the same time? Has that been difficult transition or easy? They're two different things in a way. Like they're, I try to take a similar approach with each of them. I think truthfully, if I had to have like more, you know, standard operating procedures, like we were in a workshop last week and someone started talking about SOPs and we were in a rug hooking workshop that I was teaching. And I said, what are those? You know, <laughs> they said, well, SOPs. I said, what's that? And they said, standard operating procedures. And then I laughed. I mean, I know what that is. Like, we're not a policy-based place. We're not. And I truthfully, if I had done some of that, it would have been good. It would be easier. It would be easier for the people who worked with me. It would be like a clear. I once heard someone say clear is kind, like to be clear about things. So a lot of times I'm shooting from the hip. And yeah. I think I think that perhaps I could have benefited from those things more. And And I see the value of them. Mm -hmm. I I like to think of so I didn't so uh, first of all a few things years into business and I mean I've had businesses for a long time didn't know what SOPs were I don't come from a C-suite 
background. So I think if you come from that, but I didn't know What's what else. Wendy? See, look, see, I didn't know that either. Um, like CEOs and corporate level stuff. CFOs, okay. Yeah. Okay. Suites, like all the, the corporate stuff. I don't come from that. Yeah. No, me either. And, um, so, you know, I didn't know what an SOP was and I didn't know how to do a strategic business plan. And that's, you know, and how to, and again, not to dumb it down. And I hate when I, I say that and I don't actually mean dumb it down, but I mean to simplify it. I think sometimes I couldn't find people to help me with that. And I, you know, I've shared that before, but so how do I make things easier and smoother and more sustainable in my very busy creative business? It is SOPs and strategic planning, but that's not what I wanted to hear or even understood. So I always say now, I call it like an SOP is this like, this is how we do things around here. And we call it a recipe card. I call it a recipe card because literally mm -hmm. I can hand you the recipe card and you can make the oat cakes. I don't have to make the oat cakes. It's this, yeah. you can open the shop. This is how we open the shop. Like just, yeah. I like to literally in my brain, think of it as a recipe card. I just need to write mm -hmm. it down sometimes. I like that idea. It's nice. My yeah. brain works better with recipe cards than it does with SOPs and, you know, which I do think are important. And of course, also, I personally, I struggled as a as a boss still working on it because I make assumptions that people know things or will do things or, you know, and I think a lot of us are like, what do you mean you didn't, you know, turn the music on when you came in in the morning or yeah. the open sign? I don't know, whatever. So clear is kind in mm -hmm. those aspects, but that comes from training people from, for what we want. Shooting from the hip is what most of us do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's what I've done for a long time. And, but I think i I think you're right. Like just having little recipe cards up, just reminders. This is, this is what I want. This is what I expect. Yeah. This is, you know, and that's building culture too, right? Understanding what, what's expected, but obviously you're doing that right. I see that from what's happening in your studio, but you've been doing yeah, it. Mostly I am doing it. Mostly I am doing it pretty good. And the other thing I just want to say is because you have standard operating procedures, it doesn't mean that they work or that they're followed or that everybody has embraced them or, you know what I mean? It's, or I think, I think creating culture is more important sometimes. And then we need to find systems that work within that culture. Right. Totally agree. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think when you're running a small business and way back many moons ago in a land a long time far away I used to work for an airline company a small regional airline company it was the best training I ever had in my life and I often say small business was very um, my small business coaching kind of the roots come from that I was 19 when I started there I met my husband there we've been I worked there for several years but we were a small group of people that we would check your check you in. We check your bag. Um, I would run out back and behind the counter. My husband was like at the time like loading baggage on. I would order the fuel for the plane. Like we did it all. All the pieces yeah. getting that plane out. We would go out and like if there was somebody that needed assistance, we'd run down to the gate. We'd board the plane. Like we did everything in this regional airline. And if you know you yeah. had to show up in the morning, you had to open. You know if you weren't there, people didn't. You had to learn a lot of skills. You had to learn. I learned all the bits and pieces. We did weight yeah. and balance. I did weight and balance on an airplane. Like what the what? You know, <laughs> back, you know. But I and I share this because we worked in tandem as a team and everybody knew the jobs that needed to get done. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't check, we didn't have an, you know, a checklist, but we just knew to serve people. Those were in the days, by the way, when airlines really served well. We served really well. 
on-time performance and we cared deeply. And I often say like, everybody just worked together to get the things done. And there were rules, obviously, you can't just let people on planes for free kind of thing, you know, but we had the autonomy to bend and shift. And, you know, if we had a good reason, if we said this happened and I think that was such amazing training. Like when I look, you know, that's how we run. We we run our small independent businesses. I mean, we can have a refund policy or we can have a whatever policy, but it, we're humans selling to humans and we have to have guidelines, but not rigid. I think being too rigid or not giving the autonomy to our people is a disservice and it doesn't work in our industry sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so too. I, but I also think on some levels, consistency is important and that it's people super are important equally and fairly. Do you know what I mean? So it's a balance, isn't it? It's yeah. Oh, not, definitely. And I guess that comes from the, the culture of your, your shop, right? Like, yeah. you know, what's expected. Yeah. I mean, not, I, yeah, go ahead. My mother-in-law always said, we are here to be good to each other. Yeah. And I just try to carry that with me that, to that. try to be good to people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but also I think we have in being good to our customers, we also have to be, you know, fair to ourselves and our staff, you know? Absolutely. And that's why we have to price the way we have to price. And that's why we have to have, we have to have recipe cards with, you know, we can't have people wandering. We can't have staff wandering in 20 minutes late either. So there's, there is consistency and rules and that stuff is there for a reason. It it happens, right? Let's, let's jump quick. I I don't, I want to honor your time here today, but really quick. Your marketing, in my eyes, is amazing. Is that by intention and design? Is it, I know you said you spend time working on your your, your business development and marketing. Do you plan ahead? Are, like, can you tell us a little bit about yeah. your, how you feel about marketing? I think a lot of it is accidental. Like we started the lives, which has become a really important. We do a live on our website every every Thursday at 11 a.m. And we started that because of COVID and that's been really served us well. And that goes right to our website and it goes also to, you know, different social medias, right? So that was not, no, it wasn't intentional or it wasn't planned. I mean, when we do a launch, yeah, we plan our launch. Do we spend hours and write lists? No, we just plan a launch. A launch means, you know, a launch, I just, I find that when I listen to podcasts, people talk about launches like they're, <laughs> yeah, I know. But a launch is video and uh, letting people know it's a newsletter and a video. And a, uh, I built my newsletter list really sincerely and firmly. And and over the years, I've had a little bit of coaching myself and taking taken some good courses that made me see the value of my newsletter mm-hmm. and to respect the people on that letter and to care. And I always tell them, you join, you're going to get a great Sunday letter every week. It's really beautiful. But I got to tell you, you're also going to get some marketing, right? And we've got a course that's going down. You're going to get three, three newsletters every, you know, one newsletter every day for three days. And, you know, this is what we have to do because I am giving and we do share, but we also have a business and, and, you know, we have to, that business has to work. And I love business too, because business is a kind of an art, right? It's interesting and it's fun and it's joyful and it's it's strengthening, right? But it it is a real thing. You have to you have to let people know what you're doing, but you have to be honest and intentional in your marketing. 
And, you know, sometimes we'll say one thing and then three weeks later or a month later, we have to say, well, you know, we're going to change that because that's not working, you know, and we just try to be as transparent as we can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do your email and I, I'm glad you mentioned that your emails are beautiful. Your Sunday, I mean, you did an entire book. I want everybody to listen up. Uh, (laughs) She's printed a book about her emails that they're so, I'm assuming your open rate must be huge, but you're being very, very intentional. And I see that in, you know, and I know you have it on, you've got, you're over on YouTube and you're doing your lives. Very consistent. Back to that word consistent again. Very consistent. We are very consistent. Every Sunday, an email comes to me every Thursday. I see that you've had a live. If I didn't catch it, I know it's around, it's there. Yeah. You can just click on it in the email. I do know, you know, and it's also, um, and I do notice that there, you know, you just did a launch for a new product um, last week and it, and a course and all of that. And I thought that also is done. It's not, you know, it is a launch. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm in the world, so I recognize it even more, but done beautifully. It's like, here's our thing. Absolutely right. We're so afraid sometimes to sell, I think, we, we don't, but we also don't want to be in that position of like sell, sell, sell all the time. We have to offer value. So you you do yeah. offer great value. And I think that's a really big lesson. You know, business is an art. And I love that you said that because it is a type of art and it's balancing and making it, you know, keeping it, keeping it feeling good, right? Keeping it mm-hmm. joyful and keeping it uh, ser- to serving you as you're building this beautiful business. I always say, you know, keeping the life in the lifestyle business because that's what we're doing. Lifestyle businesses, right? So yeah. And the profit, we have to make money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we're in business. This is, there's nothing, yeah. and I don't. I think like, okay, does a group of CEOs sit around and talk about feeling guilty yeah. for yeah. making yeah. for making a living and making a living for other people and being able to give a bonus or treating their staff well or being able to treat themselves like to a comfortable lifestyle? Do do they, they don't? No, I and I haven't. I've never I've, actually gotten an email from my dentist's office that's you know offering value. But yet, you know, we still want to do that. You know what I mean? Like we still like you know people want to you know. So you're absolutely right when we look at different types of businesses. Um, I think it's a lot of it comes comes from caring about our people so much mm-hmm. and our community, and I love that. So I care about my community so much. But here's some things I have that are going to help you, and you're going to yeah. love this new thing. Yeah, and. Also, I have to tell you something so funny that I wasn't going to tell you. And my husband is the podcast editor here, so he will hear this and he will laugh because I have had to sit on my hands and not buy all these new kits that you come out with. Good. <laughs> they just good. offered and so beautifully. So there you go. You, you know, and so I'm just going to say this too, like in terms of like every once in a while, we'll get a little critical thing or, you know, um, someone will be critical of us selling our kits or selling a new course or whatever, right? This happens occasionally. And I just feel like it's, it's, you know, it's easy to unsubscribe. It's right there at the bottom of every letter and it's easy to not follow. Like you don't have to follow someone. It's so simple. Right. And, and so I respect that someone doesn't want to be sold to. I, 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 I feel that way myself about many things. And I sub I subscribe to a very limited number of newsletters and, you know, and I respect that, but I have learned so much from following other people about what it is to be a follower. So Mm -hmm. for example, you know, just taking one person 
and following them on Instagram and on their social media and reading their newsletters and watching how they do it and really being deeply interested in that person and sometimes people in and that person's lives and and these I wouldn't say they're famous people maybe they're someone with you know 11,000 Instagram followers or something and I have learned so much from doing that and got such a deep understanding of what it is for me to follow somebody else and I had never really done that till probably about a year about two or three years ago, I began following Jean Oliver, who has a, I love who has a network. Yes, yeah. yeah, she's a wonderful, uh, wonderful person. And I have learned so much from just watching her, but not really f- from watching her as much as paying attention to how I feel as a human being in my relationship with her, my relationship to someone else my relationship as a follower. And it's made me have so much more respect for my own followers. So I think that that has really served me well. It's made me like really respect that, like I care about Jean Oliver and I I respect her and I have an abiding friendship with her through, you know, through this. And, and actually I ended up uh, using Jean Oliver as a business coach and she was excellent. So that was helpful to me, like, but so I I got to know her. And when I start to follow somebody, I sometimes do take the opportunity to get to know them if there is an opportunity, right? Like visit their studio or whatever, or like following you, we have this conversation. Now we know each other a little better, Mm -hmm. but I think being a follower really can help you understand what it is that your followers might want from you. I love that. Really good for I, me. I feel like that's, you know, I, I've called that curiosity marketing or curiosity learning and skill building. Right. And it's um, it's coming from a place of ob- observing and, and connecting and also yeah. courageous outreach. I know that sounds, you know. Yeah, it is courageous. Wild, but, you know, and well, I've heard, and I've heard your conversations on your podcast with, Jean, I've met her a few times. I think she's yeah. bomb, uh, you know, and again, just being, just being curious about how you feel. And I love that. I think that's a really great, mm-hmm. uh, a really great yeah. reminder. And what a, what a great, um, what a great reminder for all of us, you know, for everything, because it is about how we make people feel. Everything that we do is about how we make people feel. That's what, yeah. that's what our business is about. I mean, or, you know, the marketing side of it is how you make people feel and Right. You feel confident and, you know, um, comfortable and, you know, with your products and with your services, what you're doing, all the things they'll tell their friends. It's just, you know, you can't bottle that up always. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good to know. So I want to respect how you, you feel too, not just your customers and, and how you think to think about how you think, you know, it's good. It's good. Takes us, takes us to another level of understanding. Absolutely. Always learning. We're always, always learning yeah. and feeling. Anything else you'd like to share with my shop owner listeners uh, before we wrap it up? I think. Uh, no, I mean, so much. if you want to subscribe to the newsletters, it's uh, all at hookingrugs.com. That's where you find us. And we're, of course, on all the social medias too. So that would be great. But I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to get to know you a little better and to have this have had this conversation. Thank you. Likewise, I feel the same. So we will have all of Dan's um contact information in the show notes. And I want to encourage everybody to go and 
be curious about what she's doing as well too and order a rug hooking kit. So <laughs> thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, and if they have shops, they can contact us about wholesale if they if they want to sell them. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great reminder. Thank you. Yeah. I can't help it. I've got to do it. <laughs> it's all good. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I'm so glad that you're here to join us this week, and I hope you found value in what we're sharing here. I want to remind you that our website has all of the show notes. You can find it at wendybatten.com slash podcast. Everything that you need to hear about today's podcast is there. Also an opportunity if you need to reach out to me. If I can support you in any way whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. So thanks for joining us. Please leave a review, subscribe if you can, and never miss an episode. We hope to see you back here again next week. Thanks, my friend. Have a great week. Bye.